Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Come to suburbia. We've got snacks. And please give moms names. Let's do this. to season three episode two of devil's trap podcast today we're going to talk about the kids are all right i'm diana hey i'm liz that's me i didn't do my weird high voice so congrats yeah. on that to myself yeah it, yeah you know i mean I, I sometimes wish that we recorded in the morning and my voice is just super low and scratchy and it sounds all intense. <laughs> all and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like I smoked a pack of cigarettes. It's just like, yeah. And then instead of like, hi, what are you doing? <laughs> so it asked how your week was, but I know because you're with me. I was, we were down, um, uh, babe, <laughs> my <laughs> husband and I. Bam, bam, bam. We uh, made our way down to Liz's neck of the woods and uh, uh, spent the weekend exploring um, the devil's backbone, which is awesome. And um, and then went to, uh, uh, well, I guess I'll expand about, there's a couple pictures on our Instagram now about it already. Uh, we um, went to, spent a, a long amount of time at the um, uh, devil's backbone tavern which is fucking amazing. It's a legendary legendary beer hall and honky tonk in Yeah, go listen to our episode Hillcoming. about it. Yeah, so, we talk about it in we do. Uh, previous episode. So previous there's episode. a previous episode about that. So you can go listen Season to her talk about the lore. episode something. Yeah, somewhere up there. But yeah, so it was really cool. And um, we got to listen to old country music and drink beer and play with a uh, possum puppet that we carried around all day and that is peggy the possum so if you see that that's what that is and uh before that though we did stop at shady llama where we got to visit drink a beer while we visited llamas and uh babe got bit by a donkey and that was hilarious yeah the donkeys were shady there were many signs about the shady llamas there was no signs about the shady donkeys. Yeah, there was not a warning. It was kind of a love nibble, but still. And then um, that evening, we got to make our way over. To, oh, we had a fantastic brunch before we did all that. At I'm going to say it wrong because it's French. You're good at the French. La Vachère. La Vachère. Because apparently on all their signage, cuckoo means howdy in French. So, uh, yeah. And then um, we got to go to our, our friend's uh, grand opening for their rum club, uh, Ruminate Distilling, a.k.a. High Rum, now located in Dripping Springs, Texas, uh, and try their newest rum, Chupacabra. Yes, Chupacabra. Which I still uh, haven't drank because my stomach was like, no, no more rum, no yeah. more alcohol. You you are done with this, Missy. You it's drink like, your sparkling water and shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's a coffee infused rum. It's freaking delicious. And uh, today I've got my, I'm drinking my rum beverage in my fancy color change cup from Ruminate Distilling. So it's my mood cup. Uh, it is a uh, 
This is what I'm calling a. Oh, a, did you take all the mood cups with you? They ended up in the car. Yeah. I'll, I'll oh, you bitch. I know. Technically I'm bitch, but you yeah. jerk. <laughs> so I'm calling this a janky painkiller because it's uh, a take on a painkiller with what I had in the cabinet. There you go. Which was not all the proper ingredients. Yeah. I think the coffee rum will be amazing with hot chocolate when it's cold. Mm. And is it in like a white Russian? Oh yeah. That all sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I am drinking a, a bottle of wine from our local that we've talked about before from Senor. They just got brought to my house because I have not had time to go to the hill country, but it is called Rochambeau, which is why I opened it. I pulled it out. Rochambeau. I was like Rochambeau. So Rochambeau uh, means two things, depending on who you ask. One, it could mean rock, paper, scissors, mm-hmm. uh, which is one, one way that most people call it. Or if you watch South Park, it is when you kick somebody in the nuts to decide uh, what you're going to do. Yeah, Russian <gasps> bow you. So Russian bow. So that is, is I'm being kicked in the nuts, which I don't have. I mean, I've got a pair of balls around here somewhere, I'm sure. But oh, yeah. But yeah, we had a fantastic weekend. And then we went and ate pastrami and pizza and uh, called it a weekend. Yeah. Then they left and then I went to sleep. And then I slept all Sunday and And most of then Monday. And so also while I was recovering, like, so all too much information for the podcast listeners. So I told you guys I was really sick and then I was not getting better and I kept feeling worse. And then I went and got some tests done because I thought it was something else, but apparently I had E. coli. And so that was running amok through my body for the past couple of weeks, which is probably explains a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. I mean, I think at least I had the cold or whatever that was and the E. coli at the same time. Um, So I was just completely miserable, you know, instead of, you know, but that's why they make drugs and antibiotics hopefully have cleared it out and all is gone. I blame salad. So it's always lettuce's fault. Always Always lettuce, man. Always in a lettuce, man. Always. Yeah. Well, well, my last little uh, tidbit I will share from my life before we actually talk about this episode is I have to do a plug for um, the Invasion Car Show is uh, this uh, Saturday, uh, October 23rd in Deep Ellum. Uh, it's a free event, family friendly, open to public. Starts at 10 a.m., runs till about 5 p.m. The street, um, Elm Street in Deep Ellum is shut down in Dallas, Texas for uh, this car show. There'll be hundreds of cars. There'll be vendors. There'll be a pinup contest uh, with our friend, um, a friend of uh, Liz and I's, uh, Stormy June is the uh, MC of our pinup contest. And uh, then there'll be car awards at five. And then there's an after party with rockabilly bands, including Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys, a country artist named Jimmy Dale Richardson, and the Drop Top Rockets. So yeah. yeah. I treat and it. also, yeah, everybody, if, if you're near there, you should go. I won't be going because I'll be frantically sewing my Halloween costume. <laughs> But yeah, so there's my plug for uh, invasion invasioncarshow.com. Ta-da. You want to talk about supernatural? Yeah, let's talk about supernatural things that uh, our listeners want us to talk about more probably than than our ridiculousness. They love they love our banter. And so yeah, yeah. The kids so are this, all right. The kids are all right, which is after a Who song, and I'm listening as Diana is she's just probably like shut up about this. I'm listening to Elvira's autobiography, and she apparently saw uh, the Who. She go go danced while the Who was playing in Colorado, and uh, oh shit, what the fuck is the lead singer name? 
oh god i don't think it was keith moon not the drummer but he was the mm. singer of the who uh roger roger crap anyways i'm not a mod i don't like the who um anyways but apparently like he like basically like he smashed his guitar and she had to jump off her go-go box and sprained her ankle so she was like you bastards and then she found out it was the who later i was like oh well you know mm. so anyways the kids are all right this was season three episode two it first aired October 11th, 2007. So not that far off. Like we're almost kind of in line. Mm. It was during spooky season of 2007. Mm. Um, I wonder what the costumes were. We'll have to look that up. I want to know what the costumes were in, in 2007. And, and this year's probably, I, hopefully there won't be any coronavirus costumes. Hopefully those are done. Sexy COVID hopefully will be over. Um, it was directed by Frill. Fit Frill. Yeah, you just you just got some some lizard wings, Phil. Uh, Phil Scotia, and written by Sarah Gamble, who's writing a lot of episodes this season. Okay. Uh, so lots of fun t- things are happening on here. Um, so, but we're just going to kick this off. We're going to start off in Cicero, Indiana, suburban homes. Uh, suburban home. Yeah. So there's a woman goes outside, like a woman, like in her pajamas, walks outside, and SUV pulls up. Little girls running up to her. So obviously, this is the the separated parents, dads dropping off little girl, the mom. But it's obviously not their normal handoff time, and they say that. So basically, he's like, yeah, no, she was pitching a fit, blah blah blah, and um, saying, and she's like, well, I don't like dads. There's monsters there. It's weird. Anyways, so this is really kind of weird thing. And you're like, oh, fuck, there's something fucked up at dad's place. First thought, right? That's where we're all at. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to dad in his work, like wood shop in his garage. And, and it's awesome. He has so many so great tools and he's, he's, he's crafting at one in the morning. I'm like, I see you, dad. I, I see this. I was like, shit, I'm really upset. I need to do something. So I'm going to make a rocking chair. Yeah, well, it's like, and it's like this like rocking horse thing, but I'm like, oh, that is way too small for that child. So hopefully it's not meant for that little girl. That's my yeah. only, my she, yeah, comment. she's a little old for that. That is for a baby. Yeah. But. So uh, he start, he's like, oh shit, it's time to go to bed and goes inside. And then as he's going in back in the house, the from it's because it's his garage workshop, the table saw cuts on. Oh God, I want a table saw. So good. I don't care if it's haunted. I'll take a haunted table saw. It's fine. And then, and he's like, oh shit. And I'm like, oh fuck. Cause you can also, they're doing that shoot where you can tell something's watching him. Like it's like creeping around. So he goes and turns it off and shocking. He walks back <gasps> to the house and he turns the lights off to go inside and it cuts back on again. <clears throat> so he goes to investigate again. And I'm like, oh fuck. He going to die on this saw. He and does. He does. He falls something, something like push. He turns around because he hears something as him and pushes him backwards and he falls on the table saw. It was real fucking bloody and gory. And I was not prepared for this at all. At all. I, was I was texting delightful. Liz while I was watching this episode. She knows I was very upset during it. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. The little rocking horse is rocking in the background. It's just rocking in the background, you know. That's also like that's inevitably gonna be haunted. Like we just know, like you make a little wooded rotting horse or rocking horse, ghost children just going to come ride it. Yeah. That's what they do. They're just like, Oh, you made me a wooden toy. Oh, this reminds me of my Victorian ghost childhood, and then they're just gonna yeah. go and ride it. So don't make little wooden rocking horses. I, mean, I think that should just be a law. Like, yeah. no, they're banned. 
So we cut to Sam and he's trying to like secretly do some research about um, do on this demonic translation with his phone and, and he's on the phone. He, he's trying to figure out how to break the curse, the, the, the deal that Dean made. So, but he's trying to do it super secretly because he doesn't want Dean to know he's looking into it. And hey, with and he, his Sanskrit translation software program, like where the fuck did you find that? Like, and I guess now Google Translate, I'm pretty sure you could probably translate Sanskrit now, but this is pre Google Translate. I'm like, where the fuck did you even find this thing? Yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed with it. That's fairly impressive. Yeah. yeah. And so he lies, he lies to Dean about what he was doing on the phone and what he's doing in general. And it's a terrible lie, but. Dean says he thinks he found something, for, uh, found a job for them. It's a case. And that some guy about the guy falling on the power saw it in Cicero, Indiana. Um, and um, Sam's not convinced. Like, obviously, it's like, yeah, dude fell on a fucking saw. But they piece together that Dean wants to see this chick that he banged, like, on a road trip a long time ago when he was on a, a emotional road trip after the Banshee incident or some shit, right? That's yep, and, and he, she was a yoga instructor and then he makes a great fantastic joke <laughs> it's like fantastic it's not i'm i'm being facetious he says so she's gumby girl does that make me pokey yeah that's not funny and also i don't know about you but gumby and pokey always freaked me out like they i, I never like no they're creepy they're creepy their claymation did not it did not sit well with me huh. Uh-uh. the other joke line attempted a joke in here that really eked me out and i'm i'm gonna assume it was intentional here but he's talking about it's his dying wish and uh, dean saying it says oh it's just my dying wish to go see her or do that you know whatever and sam's like oh how long are you gonna you know keep pulling that one and he's or something along those lines and dean's response is as many as i can squeeze out <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you took it that way. I oh. did. Oh, I did not. I just thought, okay, you went gross with it. Okay, that is gross. Yeah, I was upset. I said, ew. <laughs> there we go. So they get to Cicero. Uh, Dean drops Sam off at a motel and goes to find um, Lisa, the the yoga instructor. Um, some it's a development called Morning Hill. It's like a brand new development. And I'm like, oh shit, what did they build on? Was my note. <laughs> so I'm like, what kind of what kind of haunted or sacred grounds did they fucking build some houses on now? But anyway, so he shows up at her door, and obviously he gave her no warning that he was showing up, which is a terrible idea, by the way. <laughs> uh, she's super awkward and ends up. It's been you know that's where we really get clarified. It's been eight or nine years since they've seen each other and hooked up. And she's having a birthday. She said she's hosting a party, and he's like, "Oh, I love parties. It's a fucking birthday party for her son, who happens yeah. to be eight years old." Okay, and a few things this too. I mean, obviously, you saw balloons outside, so clearly, child's party. You should know this. Like adults don't generally. Today we do because we're ironic and awful. But back then, no, you wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, also. Somebody I fucked eight or nine years ago shows up at my door. I'm like, who are you? And, I, and why I, are you here? You know, not only just like, why are you here? Like, I would not remember them. Like, I have no <sighs> idea who I was fucking eight or well, nine years to be, ago. To be fair, they do make a big deal about why they remember each other. Because yeah. obviously, like Dean in a previous conversation was like, oh, it was the bendiest weekend of my life. Which is yeah, and we do. Find, yeah, yeah, and okay. yeah. And then we do hear her that she was she had gossiped to her neighbor buddies about him. 
and what a good yeah, but I mean, it's a lot of. I mean, for him, that's a lot of ego. Thinking that she's going to remember some dude she fucked eight or nine years ago. Like I don't even know what state I was living in. And like assume she's like single and like all that. And then also, how the if he didn't like call her, did he just like fucking look her up and show up on her front door? Because this is obviously not where she lived last time he was with her. No, this is a new fucking house. Yeah. How do you even know that she was still going to be? I mean, hopefully he did the legwork before he drove to Indiana, but creepy, creepy. It's fucking stalker moves. And I wouldn't have let you in my house. Although if the sex was that good, I probably would have. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess you're not. Jensen Ackle shows up your front door and you're like, okay. I guess that's fine. You I guess. whatever. I guess you can come in. Fine. So, so they see this little uh, this her son Ben, and he's like wearing like a little jacket, kind of like what Dean wears, and has a little spiked up hair, kind of like how Dean's hair is, and it's very excited about his ACDC CD that he gets for uh, his birthday. And Dean is like, "Oh fuck, this is my kid. I didn't know I have." That's yeah. That's what's- yeah it's it pretty much seems like him and this is where like, we, we see two ladies gossiping that are like oh that's dean did she call him dean that's the dean like that was like the best night of her life or whatever i don't know so yeah so yeah, we she's get still the talking moms. about him eight or nine years later oh well, mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know maybe like it was that drunken night that you get with your, your girlfriends you're like oh my god the best like who is yeah what's the weirdest or best sex you ever had so maybe she is but also like well that's happening all i'm doing is like oh my god look at that hot dog machine did you there's so much food in this episode that i'm just like this is why my pants don't fit <gasps> they had like they had a hot dog machine and it like totally is around and keeps the wieners warm and i was like how the fuck do i get that for my house I'm, I think I'm saying Amazon. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I, I do not need a hot dog machine, <laughs> but I want one. <laughs> I, I'm the asshole that wants a moon bounce. So I think those are fun. I did uh, have sex in a moon bounce. I know you did. You're, <laughs> I think story. you were there. <laughs> you may have I'm been there. I don't, I don't know. And then my friends thought it was really funny to deflate the moon bounce while we were inside of it. Well, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, Good times. The last time I was in a moon bounce, it was very G-rated. It was uh, <laughs> for my niece's birthday. I will tell you, there's way more exhausting to jump around in than you remember. Like, oh, no, it was really exhausting having sex in it. Like, it seems like it's really <sighs> fun, but it's like, oh my God, like, oh, there's like core work and shit. Like, it seems <laughs> like fun, but it's not. And also, <sighs> I really hope they sanitize those things <laughs> anyhow so after Liz's gross sex life so we got the moms trolling Dean yeah and Dean 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 wants to talk to Ben and Ben's talking about what a great how good the moon bounce is to get bitches basically it's like all the hot chicks are excited it's hot chick city and they also they check out a mom and daughter pair together which was not okay that was not not cool Dean like Dean this is a child Mm-hmm. I yeah. know you have the 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 brain and emotional like you of an eight year old, but yeah. Uh, so then we go back. We see um, Lisa's talk. Uh, sees um, the other mom from the beginning of the show arrive. It's very annoying to me. This mom has no name. It's just she Katie's never mom. has a name. Even in, in the transcript, she's still named mom. They never gave her a name. That's mean. She should we give her a name? name. No. What should her name be? Ooh, that's a she, call. I mean, she's okay. She's not a Brenda. Um, Allison, she's an Allison. 
She could be Maggie. I was going to go with, I was going to go with Crystal or Crystal. No, Crystal, Crystal means she's a stripper. Never okay, name a so, child Crystal. No, no. Sorry, it's not sorry okay. any crystals out there. Um, yeah. We'll just go with mom. Mom All works. Right. That's too hard to remember. I Evil know. child's I know. mom. Yeah. So Lisa's talking to the, to, to, to the mom and this mom's like worried. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of a freaky conversation. Mom is like super fucking stressed. She's worried that Katie, her daughter, uh, worried about her and thinks that she's not sure that Katie is Katie, which is real creepy. Mm-hmm. And Katie's acting a little weird. So it's fine. I'm yeah. not sure. And she says, I'm not sure that's my daughter. Yeah, and no. Lisa is thinking from this, obviously not like your child has been abducted by aliens. No. More like, oh my God, you're going through some grief and you're putting because things your on your child. Got, because your ex-husband got killed and both of y'all are in a fucked up emotional state. Yeah. yeah. And eventually when we start talking about changelings, I think this is kind of on par with that though. Um, just this idea of how do you explain when your child all of a sudden flips personalities, right? Because kids are going to do that. Like kids, like major traumatic events, like your dad dying would cause a child to flip out. So if I was Lisa, I'd be like, yeah, I need to get you some help. Just like Lisa did the right thing. She's like, girl, we're going to get you some psychological counseling. Don't say this shit about your child. Yeah, but but what if Lisa's wrong and it's a fucking changeling? Well, why would Lisa be wrong? Like, why would Lisa know about changelings? She doesn't I'm, know. I'm just saying. Oh. So, um, anyway, so... Especially because her friend doesn't even have a name. Like, why, yeah. like she's <laughs> just like, look, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mom and Katie leave, and because she's like, nah, uh, Lisa isn't listening to me. She just wants me to go get psych help, which, yeah. So Dean comes up and he's like, kind of basically he fucking asks if it, if that's his kid and she's like, no. So that's one question kind of answered, but then he asks what was wrong with um, her friend. And then he figures out that that was the ex of the guy who died on the saw, which was the whole reason. Well, not the whole reason. That was his excuse to come to town. And then she referenced, Lisa talks about a lot of bad luck in the neighborhood. Ooh. Bad, and, I wrote, bad <laughs> and I was like, damn it, is it on burial grounds? <laughs> <laughs> like you already did this. <laughs> oh, so we cut back to the motel diner. Sam's translating stuff on the laptop still. And who shows up? The blonde bitch from the last episode. Who he said has a name, but she doesn't have a name yet in this episode. She so doesn't have a name yet. We're not, we're not, I'm not spoiling her name. Um, she's yeah. just blonde friend. And yeah. she thinks that fries are like deep fried crack. And they are. You were right. We got Accurate. some amazing fries this weekend. Oh. oh my God. And I was super hungover because me and babe stayed up really late drinking wine and watching what we do in the shadows. And then I threw up all the wine because I don't drink that much anymore. And it, it, it was, there was a, a saw incident in my bathroom. Like it's still like my maids are going to be, I cleaned it, but yeah, but it was, yeah, she got some great fries and yeah. good for you. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird conversation. Like I feel like he just jumped straight into like, tell me about that fucking knife. It's like, and why are you following me? It's just, it's just a very weird, like, I don't think it's how it has started the conversation here, but okay. That's what they're doing. That's no, what they're I would have started the conversation with bitch, let go of my fries. Well, what are you like? These are not for you. They are my fries. Hands off cunt. And then like, and then I'd be like, so you got a knife? Yeah. So tell me about yeah. this. <laughs> um, so she kind of goes off and like on this whole tangent about 
fucking antichrist knows about the psychic kids and him being the sole survivor of this battle and how yellow eyes is dead but uh, she knows that he had plans for sam and she's like it doesn't really matter that yellow eyes is dead and i still write ye which by the way is now kanye's legal name for the record changed as of today uh well we're recording on tuesday so yeah Kanye West is now Yi as his first name. So Yi's he's dead. Yi had plans. Um, but basically she's like, no, there's still something up with you. Uh, and like starts talking about what happened with his mom. And he's like, well, obviously I know what happens with mom. She's like, oh, well, what about all of her friends? And he's like, wait, what? And so now we know that there's some other shit that went down with Sam's mom and the people around her that we didn't know about. And Sam didn't know about. And obviously then Dean probably didn't know about either. We're going to guess. So she says, look, just look into your mom's friends and then call me. And she like really awkwardly writes her phone number on his hand and ballpoint pen, which is so hard to read. Why do people do that? What? Yeah. No, one is going to wash off. And he's like, is this a five or a two? Mm. I don't know what this is. And then like the hand, the, the pen just wrote on the hand. Like she didn't have to like scribble it on some paper. Like, and, just, mm. and it went, but also why would Sam know who his mom's friends were? He wouldn't, I guess, because he'd be an infant. But I feel like if there's something like tied infant, to what was going, yeah. but there's something tied to what has been going on with his life, you'd think John would have known and way maybe would have told them, but I guess not because he didn't tell them shit. So yeah, no, John I mean, like they lived a very like solitary life. Pretty sure, like they weren't hanging out with mom and like mom's friends weren't watching them. Clearly, yeah. they were hanging out in hotel rooms. That's fair. So how the fuck would he know who her friends are? Yeah, anyhow. That's fair. So and then she leaves off with, "Yes, there is a job in town," which. I mean, yeah. so so Sam hadn't heard this yet, but then Dean calls Sam right as she leaves and is like, BT dub, there is a job. There's been four incidents. They're not all, uh, not all of them made the paper though, but they're all in the same development, uh, this brand new development, people falling off ladders, drowning in jacuzzis and shit like that. Weird accidents. Yeah, so we cut back to the mom. Who has fallen... Yeah, she fell asleep read, reading the historian, which was such a great book. And now I'm like, oh man, I need to reread that. I haven't, I, I haven't read that from. Oh, you would love it. It's all, I mean, it's all about like an ancient book, and like there's, it's really good. It's a mm. contemporary mixed with historical. Uh, thinking about like it was this was it was really popular at the time. So it was 2005 when it came out so elizabeth costova uh so yeah it's and it's got uh basically like count dracula's in it and it's yeah it's so good it's a good book interesting okay so the creepy creepy ass katie is watching mom sleeps she wakes up she's like play with me mommy and hugs her and like saying i love you mommy it's just really fucking weird and then this is one of the times i freaked out because mommy's hugging creepy katie and sees her reflection in the mirror and her skin is all like it looks like waterlogged like peely zombie creepy i didn't like it that's crazy yeah, I like it was burnt but i mean i'm more upset by the child's emotional problems than by, by her burned skin i'm like what is gonna make me more uncomfortable a really clingy child or a child with with skin issues i'm like i skin issues like i that's well i'm gonna be creeped out more by the emotional issues like i'll take that i will take the, the child well, with the skin it was creepy problems. because it's not the child you know there's something up yes with this child yes now. that's yes. why i was creeped out so but then she pushes her back and of course she in like in person she looks normal and then now her reflection looks normal which is weird but just doesn't really match a lot of it but that's okay um so we cut to sam in a suit pretending to be from a life insurance company uh, 
um, at a different house where a guy had fallen off a ladder and it's kind of a weird, they said it, but they made it sound like he fell off a ladder, but then it's like, he was in the house on a ladder, changing a light bulb and then fell through the window. I don't know, but the ladder is still there and the window is boarded up and it's real weird looking. And then there's some red shit on the other window frame. Yeah, we're just gonna leave the ladder there, you know, so you can Very walk odd. into it. Why yeah. would how long is this? How long has he been dead? Like I, I don't know. And put the like, ladder away. God, like very weird. I was like, wait, what? Hmm. Did no one ever change the goddamn light bulb? He's gonna light bulb. Your house because the light bulb wasn't changed. Yeah, he, he, has unf- he has unfinished business. <laughs> He's just hanging around. How many ghosts does it take to stir the in a light bulb? Light bulb. <laughs> And he's um, just trying really hard. He keeps like he reaching through the light <laughs> for forever until someone's finally like, oh, I guess we should change that. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, he said Sam's story is they trying to like expedite the life insurance filing. So he wants to hear the whole story. But um, anyway, so the woman is telling the story and just she's like, I wasn't, she wasn't there. She was out with the creepy little girl peering out the window. Dakota, I think was her name. And uh, of course. And I was like, is that blood? There's like some red shit, but it looks more like, it did not look like real blood. It was like fake, like bright red looking, but there's like a streak on the window rail. And then as the mom turns around to go back inside, she has this super creepy circular, like little kid bite on the back of her neck. It's a hickey. She's making out with, with the vacuum has cleaner. a lot of teeth for that. That well, was, yeah, it was a pretty like hardcore hickey, you know? Like teeth you know, breaking like you do. the skin? Yeah, she was having a good time. Don't judge. Cool. Don't kink shame. Um, All right, so, so yeah. So we go back and so she's going to giant hickey. Sam sees the the blood on the windowsill and the fence. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're going to go back to uh, evil Katie and her mom's killer bathroom. (laughs) That bathroom is fucking awesome. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, maybe suburban life has this perk to get this great garden tub. Like, yeah, that looks pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because Katie's mom made a fucking grilled cheese for a sandwich, but her neck started hurting. She went up and locked herself in the bathroom. And she sees the bite mark on her neck. And as soon as she sees it, the little girl's like trying to break down the door, screaming, let me in. Mammy, which mammy. is terrifying too. It's really crazy. Yeah, see, uh, children, with, yeah, needy children. No. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings and she just stops automatically. So it ends up, it's the fucking, like the realtor lady and bring like a gift basket and um, saying that she just really wants to, make sure you're going to keep the house katie takes the little katie's eyes are getting kind of red she's not looking real healthy at this point by the way and she takes the basket to the kitchen and uh the mom's just like this is not a fucking good time and like locks her locks the lady out so yeah we get pushy realtor then we also get pushy katie so apparently this is a symptom of what's ever going on is you get real pushy like that's that's just your symptom like oh no you can't take no for an answer and pushy evil katie wants ice cream and she wants she it really now fucking wants ice cream. and i get it i mean i get it evil katie sometimes you're just like man i need, I need some fucking ice cream like i made some detox soup last night uh because i'm like we we've been eating we ate crap all weekend and i'm still eating crap because it's all in my house and i I was like oh yeah so like then i was clean and i was like that because that's how that works and so i was like i want ice cream so then i was like yeah i want ice cream now and so i went and ate all the ice cream um so i get it evil katie yeah so dean's just like in the neighborhood and sees ben uh he's just going to look at kids in the park you know like like a grown man does yeah and then he's just gonna sit on a bench like you know as a single man next to this this eight-year-old boy totally normal nothing nothing weird with that no totally creepy basically though ben's being bullied by these kids they took his fucking game boy or whatever the fuck version they were playing at the time 
and um, Dean's ready to go intervene. And Ben says, only bitches send a grown up. And Dean says, you're not wrong. And Ben says, and I'm not a bitch. <laughs> I love Ben. Ben's the best. So anyways, um, Dean's like to try to t- trash talk the bullies with Ben and kind of gets him motivated to get his game. So Ben goes over and kicks the, kicks the bully in the dick and takes his game back. Rochambeau! He Rochambeau's him! And it all ties <gasps> together. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, but so- then Lisa shows up and she is pissed. <laughs> As she should be. And Dean's really happy about this. Lisa. Yeah, he's all proud of himself. Is not. <laughs> and then it gets really uncomfortable. <laughs> get out of our life he's not your son what are you doing teaching my kid to violently lash out another kid even if the other kid was a dick yeah she's not wrong that's a that's not that's an overstep overstep. totally an overstep yeah yeah so and then as they're all kind of leaving um uh bet well ben hugs dean that's really cute yeah and there's these three real creepy kids just watching this whole thing this giving yeah they just give dean the stink eye and they're probably like why is this grown-ass man sitting in a park that's i think that's what that stink eye was like you know we're gonna take pictures of you and send it in a cash of predator because i think something something is coming on here yeah yeah um yeah so this next scene is really fucking dark like real real dark yeah, um, evil Katie's mom makes a choice. So evil Katie's mom takes Katie to the car saying, basically saying they're going to go get ice cream, buckles Katie in. And this is, I, I literally screamed and covered my face with my book. Just so you know, at this point, Dave was slightly concerned in the other room because he was watching football or something. Uh, she sees Katie in the rear view. And this is the first time they show us what the, evil kid whatever the fucking thing which we learned later is a changeling so i'm not ruining it yeah. i'm gonna say it uh looks like and i was like fucking monster with circle of teeth holy fuck nightmares she <laughs> has yes yeah. she has eel face she has lamprey eel face is like pretty much but their eyes are there they have like the sunken black soulless eyes they're like nothing there yeah, the eyes don't bother like me eel eel mouth bothers me like we were eel mouth like the circle mouth with the spiky teeth and then the voids eyes you know how i feel about eels they are the nope ropes of the sea and they should all be set alive on fire like set alive they should all be burned alive with fire like but like we were in belize and there was like this lamprey eel that was like hanging out like about like by the rocks and obviously we're like let's go look at the eel and i'm like no like i walked past it and like ran like i'm just gonna go swim over there away from the eel like gross 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 all right so so he uh no, no. So Katie's mom. So she's in there. Yep. Yeah. So driving in the middle of nowhere. And mom is crying. Yeah. She gets out of the car. Mom gets out of the car, puts the car in fucking neutral, and lets it roll into a lake with Katie in it. Yeah, you just wasted your car. Okay, whatever. Uh, and you also oh. killed your child. Those things are bad. So yeah, this is this is extreme. This seems very like she escalated like real fast. Like but oh, I, I this is also goes back to what you were saying though. She's already probably very mentally, psych- psychologically traumatized by the death of her ex, the father of her child. Whether they were together or not, that was probably something very traumatizing. They were having this problem balancing the care of the child because the child started acting odd because the child was a goddamn changeling monster thing. And then now, like this kid's like attacking her and she feels scared. And she's like, that's not my fucking daughter. So I'm going to kill it because that's not Katie. And she puts it in the car and rolls it into the lake. 
there's a lot of decisions and a lot of emotionally unsound decisions and probably legally. I mean, like, can you get in legal trouble? Probably, yes, killing, yes. Killing a not baby? It's not your kid. It's not even a kid. It's not a person. Yeah, but you know, yeah, she's going to go to prison and then get and then get beat up a lot because she killed her child, mm-hmm. which women in prison do not like. They're not fans of that. Anyway, so, so she's like, we're like, oh, shit, she just killed. She just killed her bait, her child. Oh, my God. And she gets and to the house bawling, and she's very upset. She's falling. She's like hysterical when she gets to the house. And then you see a puddle of water on the floor and oh, it gives me chills still. It was giving me, me heebie jeebies. And Katie's just dripping wet, sitting at the little counter in the kitchen, still wants ice cream. Yeah. Also, the kid ran really fast. Like, I guess they both had to walk home because Katie. Yeah, but mom was like crying and stumbling. Yeah. And she's she's got like, I mean, she's got over 30 knees at least, right? Her knees. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That that, that takes us long. It takes us longer to walk places. (sighs) So that was really, that was very upsetting to me. I'm sorry. I just have to. Yeah. All right. So Dean, Dean and Sam are talking. We cut back to them and Dean's like, look, there's something wrong with the kids in this town. Sam comes right back. What do you know about changelings? <laughs> I think evil monster babies was one of the lines that was said <laughs> yeah. this time. So um they're figuring out that there's been there's, you know, one of these weird kids at, at each of the victims' houses. Um, and that basically they, somebody snatches the, snatches the real kid. They assume the form of the kid and then they feed on the mom's synovial fluid for, and drain them for the next few weeks. And that anything comes between the changeling and the mom gets killed. Yeah. So that's, that's a lore they went with for, for changelings. So let's talk about some other lore about changelings. So mm. I think it's time for some lore. So changelings, uh, so basic bottom line that I think we all understand, they are supernatural beings that are substituted for human offerings. And they are in folklore from every culture, pretty much. Um, They're in Norse Norse folklore, Germanic societies, Judaism, Asian, African cultures. Uh, In Irish folklore, they're known as a word that I'm not going to pronounce in Gaelic. And they have various names throughout the world. So France is Chadium, Romania is Morai, Moroi, mm. I don't know, I don't speak Romanian. Germany, I just like saying things in German, is a Vexelbog. Um, they are an Itbard or a Migling in Sweden, and an Umstrattenberg in Iceland, and a Zimkaka, I don't know, Zimkaka, whatever, I also don't speak Russian. Uh, so, but pretty much they are everywhere. And, you know, they can be fairies, demons, or trolls, and they would often exchange their offsprings for human children for a number of reasons. It could be that the supernatural offspring's child was sick, and they wanted to get a healthy human child. Uh, in Scandinavia, it was because they believed that the ugly trolls wanted their pretty human babies to rear as their own. And, you know, I, I'm betting Scandinavian children are fucking delightful to look at. Those are just some pretty blonde, blue-eyed, like adorable children. Yeah. And if I was a troll, you should love your own troll children, by the way. They are beautiful in their own ways. Don't think that Gunter is going to be much better looking than your troll baby. Love your <laughs> ugly baby. Uh, in Russia, like when demons would steal their children and just imprison them in the forest, which I think was similar to this one. Um, 
And so there's kind of, there's two main theories of where the idea came from. The first and only slightly less horrific reason was to explain raids where villagers may have sought to save their children by substituting them for those brought by the invaders. Why the invaders had children, I don't know, but okay. Um, and the second is the one that's really, it's, it's very controversial um, just because of this, it's fucked and but it explains a lot um but really so if you had a child with a physical birth defect or any other like physical traits that are just considered to be abnormal or if you had like these things like cleft palates club feet like those type of things or if you had a child with emotional problems mm. people were like well that's clearly not my baby that's a changeling. And, you know, even, and, and they did horrible things like kids would like forever be like left outside. Like that was, they would just be like, yeah, we're just gonna leave it outside and then they'll return my baby. So like through like hundreds of years of histories of children just being like left outside to die or being beaten. That's not gonna, did it ever make them act right? No, no, they die. That's what happened That's to them. They That's die. Awful. Yeah. That's or sad. Like, That's sad. yeah, it's it's really fucking horrific. Um, yeah. Even, but it also was not just babies. So, like, if like as your child was growing older and they weren't developing right, so say if you had a child that was on the spectrum, or you know any other things like oh fairies came and took my babies and now like now it's a changeling but it was also believed that they could steal adult humans including new mothers and newly married people and a lot of newlyweds were said to have been taken away to marry the fa the fairies and new mothers were abducted to nurse fairy babies and they think a lot of this was used to explain postnatal depression so mm -hmm. postpartum mm -hmm. Because people didn't know, like, well, you know, your hormones are real fucked up after you pop a giant thing out through your vagina. Yeah. And so you're going to be sad and depressed. But they're like, no, nope, no, nope, you're a fairy. Like, you're you're not my wife. Or, like, you're lippy. You're clearly not my wife. Right. Uh, you, you're not the same sweet lass that I was courting. This, you were the nice 15-year-old girl that I was fucking, you know, but... Uh, so, but there's a really prominent example, and this is what I want to focus on today for Laura, and that's Bridget Cleary. Have you ever heard of Bridget Cleary? No. No, oh, okay. So I'm going to start off with a New York Times article from July 1895, and it says, Dublin, July 5th, Michael Cleary, clearly, this is my 40s radio voice, so that they probably yeah. wouldn't be saying anything, but Michael Cleary, living near the town of Clonmel, was convicted today of manslaughter and having burned his wife, Bridget Cleary, to death last March. Right. So in this article, it says, Cleary believed that his wife was bewitched, and upon the advice of Dennis Ganey, the family doctor, in the presence of her father and a number of other relatives, held her over a fire, stripped her, poured paraffin over the body, and set fire to it. The oh, woman no. was burned to death without the slightest effort on the part of the spectators to extinguish the flames. Cleary claimed that it was not his wife, but a witch that was burned. But the Times reported this wrong. Cleary didn't think she was a witch. They thought she was a changeling. They mm. thought she was a fairy. So we're going to travel back in time. So we old Ireland. And you already heard my terrible Irish accent as we go through this. Oh, it's so good. We're going to the town of Bellevadella in the county of Tipperary. I'm going to try not to do terrible Irish. They're all going to stop that. Okay. So within the, within the, within Bellevadella, I had the name, right? Whatever. It's a town outside of Tipperary. Um, or within that county, there lived the Clearleys. 
They were members of the town Catholic parish. So 1895, lots of shit's going on in Ireland, but these are, these are the Catholic Irish people, right? So if you have Irish, if you're from Ireland or you are Irish, you know, it's a deal. All right. So they were, they were Irish Catholics. They lived in a laborer's cottage with Bridget's father, Patrick, of course, uh, Boland. And there's gonna be a lot of Patrick's in this story and we'll try and keep them straight. Wow. All right. So Michael, clearly, uh, he was described as a clever fellow and he worked as a Cooper. So Cooper, I like, it just it sounds really fun when I say it that way. Cooper. <laughs> so Coopers are uh, the people who put the metal rings on whiskey casks and wine barrels. Mm. That's what a Cooper is. And actually, the reason I know that is because there is a restaurant near here and I looked it up. But uh, also, I drink a lot of wine and whiskey. Mm. Uh, so Bridget, she was described as handsome, pretty. She's a pretty woman. She was 26 years old. They've been married for eight years, but hadn't had any children. And she was a dressmaker and she had been to a convent school and they learned how to make dresses. She had a sewing machine. And so she was making dresses for the town. And also she had an income from keeping hens. So she had chickens and she was known as an unusually independent woman for the time. So a lot of things that I read, you know, kind of theories about what this happened, like some theories are that Michael was pissed off that his wife was a breadwinner because mm. she was making all the money like I guess like he wasn't cooping fast enough and she's just like yeah I've been you know I can go I'm, I'm hawking eggs and dresses over here motherfucker step yeah. it up with your cooping. step it up um so she's you know kind of did what she want um but also after her mother died the year before in 1894 she developed a habit of visiting what's called the fairy forts in the district and local superstition had named them as haunts of the fey folk. And the idea is she would go there to try and see her mother. Um, so within um, this portion of Ireland, there are circles from the Iron Age of like places where like forts that people had built mm -hmm. back then. But in 1894, or 95, they're like, oh, clearly fairies built this. You know, like they did, yeah. you know. Uh, so she's doing this and then she gets sick. She catches a cold and that may have like, turned into pneumonia. It may, have, it may have been tuberculosis or not. Like we just know Bridget got sick. Right. And so we're going to dive into like the trials of Bridget. So a doctor, Dr. Crean was summoned to the house and he arrived on March 13th. And he was like, you know what? She's got nervous excitement because she's a woman and that's, you know, what we have. We have nervous excitement and she also probably has bronchitis. So, you know, here's some medicine, take this medicine. She'll be fine. Leaves. Um, but the family members were like, you know, I don't think that she's got bronchitis. I think she's having a fairy stroke. Um, oh. So, yeah, clearly this is this is not, you know, a cold or she's not coughing because anything she's coughing because she's having a fairy stroke. Um, so they basically thought that she had been stolen by fairies and they were putting her on fairy trial. So fairy trial involved a lot of horrific things that we'll get into, but in the belief was that, okay, she's been taken. You have nine days to get Bridget back. You've got to get her back before nine days or she's lost to the fairy forever. world forever. Right. Yeah. So the same day this, and the, so the doctor comes and he's has, they've been trying to summon him for a while. So we're already in like day nine of, I think we're at day nine of fair, not day nine, uh, like day six of the fairy trial. So they, she's already been going through some shit. Uh, so the doc comes like, give her this medicine. They're also like, well, we're going to call the priest because we're Catholic. 
So Father Ryan comes and he comes the same day as a doctor and she's in bed. And he said that she did not converse with him except as a priest. And her conversation was quite coherent and intelligible. So by con- conversing with him as a priest, basically he heard her confession. Right. And then he gave her the extreme unction, which is also known as the last rites. Uh, so he's like, just in case. Like we're, we're going to do this. So in case, in, case, just in case you just in case you croak, here's your last rites. Yeah. Here's your last rites. And so the next day they try and call him again. And he is like, I just gave her the last rites. Like I can't, she doesn't seem that sick. I'm not going back. Yeah. So that evening, a neighbor and his wife were like, we're going to go visit Bridget because she's really sick. And they ran into Johanna or Johanna, I guess Irish probably Johanna, Johanna Burke, who was Bridget's cousin and her young daughter, Katie. Evil Katie was even existing back then. And said, and so Johanna is like, they're giving her herbs and they got from Ganey over the mountain and nobody will be let in for some time. So Johanna and Evil Katie, I'm sure she's not Evil Katie, she's fine Katie. And the neighbor and his wife are standing outside waiting to go in and they can hear somebody yelling and I'm quoting this and so please don't get mad for what I'm about to say. They can hear somebody yelling, take it, you bitch, you old faggot, or we will burn you. And so after a while, the door finally opened and they could hear from inside, away she go, away she go. And so the door had been opened to let the fairies out. And that's who they've been yelling at, we're, we're fairies. Oh. Um, so they go inside the house and inside the house. Now there's, there's four other men. There's John Dunn, who is considered as the fairy expert. He's a, he's a fairy expert in this town. And he was like, this is not Bridgie Boland. So he was like, no, no, it's not her. And so there's could be alluding to, you know, she looks different because she was sick. She was really, really sick. Like now. Nah. This doesn't look like her. Nope. Uh, you know, like also one of her legs is shorter than the other. Clearly that's a fairy thing. I'm like, nah, we like all of her legs are generally not the same length. You know, like, I don't know if it was like, like, how did you know this? Like, were you measuring her legs? Like, yeah, like, they decide like, hope let's measure her legs and that will be the dead giveaway if it's her. Yeah, clearly. If she's a fairy, duh. Uh, so also inside was Patrick, of course, James and William Kennedy, who were, they were described as young men, big black-haired temporary peasants. And if anybody has like been with me in Ireland, yeah, no, that's my jam. Hi, Dave. I miss you. Give me a call. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do love some black Irish. Um, so, but they were Johanna's brothers and also first cousins of Bridget. So they're in there. And so these three big strapping lads are holding Bridget down, who is in bed in her nightdress, while her husband, Michael, is next to her. And he's calling for a liquid and said, Mm. throw it on her. So that was holy water. So they're dousing her with holy water. Um, And Mary Kennedy, Bridget's mom, is also there. And then um, they also brought... And so also the, they said saucepan. So I think the, the holy water might have been cooking as they're throwing this on her. I think they're scalding her with, with holy nice. water. And then Michael gave her something on a spoon and she was held down for 10 minutes while one of the men kept his mouth, his hand over her mouth while she like to make sure she drank it while they yelled at her away with you. Come back, Bridget Boland in the name of God. 
Hmm. After a while of this fun medicinal time, they carried her to the kitchen fire. And while they were doing that, the neighbor said he could see red marks on her forehead. And he was told they had to use the poker to make her take her medicine. So they're basically like hitting her with a hot poker. Also thought to be because it's iron. So fairies don't like iron, which you know learn but so and then they held her body so it was resting on the bars of the grate where the fire was burning while they said the rosary her husband asked her a bunch of questions and said if she didn't answer her name three times they would burn her and she answered all their questions like you do when you're being held to a fire and you're like yeah okay. yeah my name is bridget it's bridget told you bitch it's bridget bitch it's bridget yeah. so um and they're like no fairy would say that yeah and they're like identify everybody in this room and she's like that's my mom yeah. <laughs> you know, this is my fucking probably like my fucking cousin over there fuck that guy fuck you fuck you patrick fuck you William like that's what I would be saying um so that happens then at some point the 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 boys leave to go to the wake of Michael's father who apparently also just died because it's 1895 and what was some kind of illness going through the fucking village you assholes so they go to the wake which yeah so and then finally like Johanna left at like 6 a.m so there have been at least 13 present in people in that cottage that night and nobody stopped like what was happening or what was going on. At one point, Bridget yelled, the police are at the window. Let you mind me now. But I think she's just trying to be like, look over there. There's some police. But unfortunately for her, uh, there were no there were no coppers. So Friday morning, Father Ryan comes back and he's like going to celebrate mass with him. And Michael's like, yeah, you know, uh, Bridget had a very bad night. And he was like, well, did you give her the medicine the doctor left? And Michael was like, no, I don't believe in that. <laughs> People not believing in medicine. Yeah, shocking. Uh, so he's like, I have no faith in it and that my people may have some remedy of their own that can do more good than doctor's medicine. Hmm. And so the priest noted that Bridget seemed more nervous and excited than she had on Wednesday, probably because she had been tortured for All the night. past, like, yeah. Yeah. She, uh, that would make me nervous and excited. But so he left. He was like, okay, whatever. I'm leaving now. Uh, so what we think that she was taking instead of the doctor's medicine, in addition to being, you know, slugged with hot pokers, um, so there was an herb doctor named Dennis Ganey who was friends with John Dunn, you know, the fairy expert. And that was what caused Michael Cleary to not want to use the real medicine um, for what was later called in court as fairy quackery. I like that word, fairy quackery. Um, and so what they think they were often associated with fairies was foxglove, which was often called fairy thimbles, which sounds adorable. Uh, foxglove is really toxic and it's really pretty. I grow some in the witch's garden. I've been trying to grow it for a while. Um, but yeah, it's if you drink a bunch of it, you're gonna die. Like it's yeah, of course it's gonna make you like vomit. Maybe you'll vomit up the fairy if you, but it's it can be pretty lethal. Um so that's what they think they were giving her instead of, you know, what, and, and obviously you know, probably what the doctor gave them probably wasn't even good. Yeah, either. That's what I'm, saying. I'm like, well, trusting medicine. I'm like, oh, well, let's, that's also a yeah but also like i'm not going to listen to the human doctor i'm going to listen to the fairy doctor like yeah. you know i may want to listen to to the dude anyways uh so 
visitors came back to, you know, they were like coming in and out all the day to go visit Bridget. And according to Johanna, who was there most of the day, she was like, Bridget was in her right mind, only frightened. Well, no shit. Of course she was fucking scared. Yeah. You're burning her. You're putting her in the fire. Like, yeah, I'd be afraid too. All right. So the night came and Johanna went out to fetch Thomas Smith and David Hogan. And they come to the house and they find Michael, Mary Kennedy, that's Bridget's mom, Johanna Mira, Pat Leahy, another Patrick, and Pat Boland. <laughs> There's more Patricks. No shortage and, of Patrick. Yeah. Yep. And Michael had a bottle in his hand and asked Bridget, Will you take this now as Tom Smith and David Hogan are here in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Tom was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's holy water. So Bridget drank it. And this is a very lot of supernatural things to hear. Just like going back and forth. Like, yeah. drink the holy water and prove you're not a demon. Just That's drink it. Fine, I'll fucking drink it. Yeah. yeah. So then they allow her to get up and they basically like put on a dress and a shawl and she goes and sits by the fire and she tells Michael, your mother used to go with the fairies. That is why you think I'm going with them. And there's this whole thing about Michael's mom fucking fairies that I I don't know, like she used to go and lay with them, whatever. So then they're like, well, you're going to swallow these three bits of bread and jam while you answer questions. And Michael forced her to eat the third piece and they're like, you have to drink that you have to eat this before we give you this tea so she's like sick dying and they're like eat some dry bread bitch yeah lovely that sounds delicious and shockingly she's having issues drinking this so michael says you know hold on one second i'm going to pause this so i can mute my cough that's coming through so so basically they're as they're trying to get her to like take all of this like shit while she's sick as fuck when you don't want to eat anything or chew on anything or any of that yeah that's what they're trying to do they're trying to make her eat a bunch of dry shit yep but it's got jam on it so clearly you know i bet Uh, bet it was really good jam it probably was so michael basically says you know if you won't take it down you go and he threw her on the floor knelt under chest chest and shoved the bread down her throat and um Hmm. Then, according to Johanna, he stripped off all their clothes, but her chemise, took a lit stick from the fire, put it at her mouth. And at this point, Johanna says that she and the other Kennedys tried to leave. I don't know if I believe you, Johanna, uh, but that Michael had the key to the door and wouldn't let them out. So Michael then threw lamp oil on Bridget and then she was thrown on the the fire where she was burned and the room was full of smoke and smell. And so Bridget and her brothers and her mom go into the other rooms and Michael eventually came in to get a big sack and said to Johanna, hold your tongue, Hannah. It is not, you know, it is not Bridget. I am burning. You will soon see her go up in the chimney. And her brother said, burn her if you like, but give us the key and let us out. So fuck you guys. Fuck all of you. Fuck you, Patrick. Fuck you, Patrick. Fuck you, Patrick. Uh, All the Patricks. Sorry. Um, So basically they go into, Johanna went to the other room. She found Bridget dead, lying on the floor on a sheet, face down, and her legs were turned upwards because the fire had made them contract how horrific of a picture of that shit it's just fucking horrible she was burned alive you fucking burned her alive all right 
so she, her body was wrapped in a sheet and was buried in a bog that was uh, near the cottage, like a thousand euros from there. And a few days after St. Patrick's Day, everyone's like, where's Bridget? You know? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I think she was taken by the fairies. Huh. Weird. Yeah, and her husband was like, yep, that's what happened. Fairies took her. Uh, eventually, though, they found the body. And they found the body about five days later. And thankfully, they actually did a coroner's inquest. Nine of Bridget's family members are arrested and charged um, charged of murder. And then it became this whole thing, too. So they go to this goes to trial and everything like with the investigation, the legal battle and the public. So this is a time where our, you know, there, if you haven't known, there's some issues with Ireland wanting to be a republic. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? I know. And so, but all the English were like, why should they be able to rule themselves? They believe in fairy folk. So this, it actually became a huge political issue on top of everything else. But Charles very well documented, which is how most of the things, most of the things that I was talking about came from Johanna's testimony. Uh, So Michael goes on trial and he denied having murdered his wife. He was like, no, no, I murdered a changeling. I didn't murder my wife. She she was a fairy. And so this became known as the fairy defense. And oddly, the court didn't believe that as a a good defense mechanism. Um, That's kind of a relief, though. But he was found guilty of manslaughter and served 15 years. That's it. 15 years for burning his wife alive. And after which he went to Canada, you know, like you do. Uh, Patrick Bullitt. He came to fucking Canada with a, like, DWI. What the fuck? Yeah, now this time they're just like, whatever, you burned your wife, come on over. Um, uh, Patrick Bullen served six months of hard labor. Uh, Bridget's cousins and her uncle, um, they served sentences between three to five years. Bridget's body was unclaimed by her incarcerated Ken and untouched by the church because they were like, didn't want to get associated with this. And they quite, she was quietly buried one evening by two. This is from uh, the Find a Grave website. She was quietly buried one evening by two constables just outside the churchyard wall at the Dragon and Plonine parish church and a marked grave besides her mother's um so i'm not sure you know hopefully her mother's grave is marked and that's where they need to put her but you know be really weird otherwise then nobody would really know where she was yeah it's fucking awful it's fucking awful but it does have some lasting impact all right and there are a lot of people who will say that bridget cleary was the last witch to be burned at the stake which is a misnomer she was not not at a stake not a witch you know, right. so run, that's wrong. But they did, uh, this did set a precedent in Irish law that a person cannot be harmed or killed for a suspicion of witchcraft and a belief in witchcraft cannot be used as an insanity offense in a murder trial. So interesting of evolution of, of legal law there that it took to 1895 to be like, you, you can't, can't use people. witchcraft as, as your defense. Like that, that's not okay. Um, Huh. It also became an Irish children's nursery rhyme that really reminds me of like how Lizzie Borden became one. And so, and so to this day, like the rhyme goes, are you a witch or are you a fairy? Are you the wife of Michael Clary? So little kids mm. still like evil little children still dance around singing that. That's great. Mm. Uh, 
and there's obviously been a ton of podcasts and things that were done to this. Uh, there actually is an episode of Lore that made it into the Lore television show called Black Stockings. That um, that was from 2017, and it's a really good episode. Not everything. I mean, obviously, there's things that are exaggerated, but I thought it was, it was well done. It's pretty cool. Um, and there was also a fun Irish band named Burning Bridget Clary, uh, who who disbanded, but they're still uh, members are still off doing things and. You can go to burningbridgetclary.com and see them, not pictures of Bridget burning. That's kind of early. Well, so uh, well, that's the story of, of Bridget Clary. Um, the not uh, changeling. The likely not a changeling who was basically abused and murdered by her husband and all his family while they stood around and watched. And her family too. I think yeah. that's what's more fucked up. It's like it wasn't his her family, family. that it was her family. Like her dad, her mom were there, all her cousins. None of them were like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes here. <clears throat> yeah, we like Bridget. Bridget's fine. Bridget has a cough. Like none of them really they're like, nah, clearly it's she is a changeling. Like that is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-mm. So we're going to go back now into our episode and talk about very sad segue into Dean asking if the only way you can kill fairies is with fire. And it has changelings. This time changelings. So yeah, Yeah. changelings with fire. And so the answer is, yeah, they have to be killed with fire. And that the real kids probably have been stashed somewhere, probably likely underground somewhere. So Dean decides though, before they go rescue the real kids and because they're, they've got an idea of where they might be. Um, he's going to try to go save Ben and Lisa first. So he shows up and obviously Lisa's not happy to see him. Last time they saw each other, she was like, stay the fuck away from me, my kid, because you're giving him bad life advice to go like kick bullies in the balls. So he tries to send them away for a weekender with his credit card, which is not his credit card at all. No! No, this is not a good move, Dean. Like, what What are you thinking? And um, and then, but uh, but it's already too late. Ben's already a changeling. Yep. So Lisa sends him away and he's like, oh shit, I really do have to go. So, and he finds the red markings on the windowsill. And that's when they are like, okay, this is where we need to go. This is uh, where to find the, the kids. The red markings on the windowsills weren't, it wasn't paint, wasn't, obviously wasn't blood. It was red dirt. And that's how they marked the windowsills of the kids that had been cha- swapped out. And there's this pile of red dirt in front of this this house that's under construction. So they're like yeah. searching the house. Sorry, they're, they're searching the house, trying to like find like where the fuck these kids are hidden in this house. And then they find kids like cages full of kids and Ben's trying to like escape. And so, yay, Dean helps him. As they're trying to like open up the, you know, the cages, um, the realtor shows up. Heel face realtor. Yep. Fucking realtor. She's the mother of the changelings. Ooh, gross. And the real one, the real realtor person is in a cage. So Dean's trying to break the kids out with, um, with Ben's help. Sam's trying to fight the changeling, the changeling mother with the flamethrower. And as this is all happening, we cut periodically to like, so evil, um, evil Ben is, keeps wanting to play with Lisa. 
But then she sees his reflection in the coffee. Okay, table. but before that, he's getting many deluxe mini pizzas. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like this is the best kid life ever. Like you've got a hot dog machine and you're getting deluxe mini pizzas. That's so cool. You're the luckiest kid ever, Evil Ben. And yeah, but then Diana's face is like, Ugh. but yeah, what you just don't want olives on your pizza. I get it. Not everybody likes yeah. olives on their pizza. I like olives on my pizza. But this little kid face reflection in the coffee table is terrifying. And Lisa sees it at this point. And so she knows that it's, that something's up. Now she's starting to kind of like piece things together. So we cut back um, and um, we're still seeing the escape trying to happen, but, um, and, and Sam has still been unable to defeat the, the, the changeling mother realtor. So um, we cut back where um, Lisa and Ben are and Lisa just asks evil Ben where her son is. And he just insists that he is Ben. So she grabs her car keys to like run and goes outside and the fucking three weird kids are outside watching her house. And so she goes back in and evil Ben says, they don't want you to leave me, mommy. (laughs) So creepy. Oh, creepy kids and reflections are things I don't like. Y'all have not remembered or caught on. Don't like them. They're very upsetting to me. There we go. So then we cut to mom and Katie because evil Katie is, of course, trying to break into the fucking bathroom again. And mom's locked herself in there again. And she's trying to pour herself a bath. She's like, I just want to have some me time. Right. It was like, it is time for self-care, Katie. Katie, I just want to have a fucking bath. And Katie is like, no, mommy, no. Yeah, no, it's ugly. So anyways. Uh, I wish she had like a glass of like Chardonnay in there. Like, she's like, I was like, I was like, she either needs a glass of Chardonnay or this bitch is about to throw the hairdryer in the bathtub with herself yeah. over this. Or over like a box, kid. like maybe just One like a box two. wine, like a box of Francia or something, yeah. just like yeah. a straw, yeah. like sitting in there. Yeah. So Sam and Dean are still trying to burn the changeling mother, but she's super fucking strong. She's kind of kicking their asses. Yeah, no, and, she kicked both their asses. Yeah. She's just like, bam. Yeah. She's like beating the shit out of them. So Dean decides to focus. Uh, Dean tells Sam to get the kids out. Anyways, they're going back and forth. Ben's being super helpful. He's the little mini savior of the kids. He's so helpful. Group. He's got a little paint bucket to make a step. And then they finally burn the, the mother realtor. Is what I called her. Mother. Uh, and then all the, ch- as, as she sets on fire, all the changeling babies go up in flames. So you see like fire from where evil Katie is under the bathroom door. You see fire where Ben was standing in freaking Lisa's house. All the, all the change of babies go up in flames. So by the way, if you were at like your house and you didn't, you knew your kid was acting weird, but you didn't know they were fucking changeling and you're just like chilling, watching like some garbage TV with your kids and all of a sudden your kid just goes up in flames. That'd be real weird. Yeah. If you were just a helicopter mom, who'd like this took like, Oh, you want, you want me to love you? Yes. Yes. I want to give you, you will get all the pizzas and the ice cream. Yes. We will do that. Oh shit. You're on fire. Yeah. Oh, that'd be upsetting. Yeah. I'm saying. So, um, yeah. And then we cut and all of a sudden it's daylight, which is weird to me because this is nighttime. And then now all of a sudden it's morning and all the only kid with Sam and Dean is Ben. So does this mean that they are delivering Ben last to poor Lisa? Lisa, who they had the relationship with, she had to wait last to get her fucking kid back. 
Well, yeah, because that's like someone call her and be like, by the way, I have your child. He's all right. Like, I think they did. I mean, because she was not surprised to see them pull up. But yeah, I was like, you had to get all these other children home. So did like did like all like 10 children like pile into the Impala? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, it's weird. Like, did they call their mom? Hey, I got your real kid here. Do you want to come pick him up? It's not creepy at all. I'm at this construction site. I'm a single dude. We're two single dudes. We have your children. Would you like them back? Like, yeah. So yeah, you're uh, not getting arrested at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Not going to be weird. So she's Lisa says that she wants to know what happened. So Dean offers to explain, but tells her that she probably doesn't want him to. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't, I thought they were gonna have to make some dumb shit up, but there really was, I mean, how do you make something up at this point? They just watched like they saw their kid turn into a fucking evil creature and then go up in flames. So Lisa hugs Dean and thanks him. And Sam's like, mm-hmm. I'll give you all a minute. So they go inside and Dean, t- and Dean tells, tells her what it, what it is. He's, he tells her what happened um, and says, you know why I never mentioned my job? This is kind of my job. And she's like, I didn't want to know that. So um, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird moment, but uh, she, she ensures, she, she follows up by ensuring that Dean understands that Ben is not his, that she did a DNA test and it belonged to a bar back. No, 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 no. A- go, go ahead. Who we belong to, but she didn't do a dna test she did a oh, blood she test oh okay excuse me blood which test. is not in any way shape or form a paternity test and oh. granted it was a paternity test in 2007 but unless like she had be- dean's like blood in a vial which you, don't, you never know I mean, it's supernatural she could well, i mean it could have been i mean but she could have tested the bar back at the biker bar and verified yeah but, was- but i mean you can have for like dean could have had the same blood type well, if it was just blood type, yeah. But I think they can do a DNA test from blood. I don't know. But like, she said we did a she form. said we did a blood test. So I don't know. I thought you could do a blood a DNA test from blood, or they do. I thought they. Well, yeah, of course swap. you can. Of course you can. According to according to Maury, you but this was two thousand seven. This is not two thousand twenty one. But Maury was doing mouth swabs back then. She said she had a blood test, and so it also was eight years before too. So this would have been in like nineteen ninety nine. Like, there's no, there's no way she could have known whether or not Ben was his or not. There's no way. But, but she would have known if Ben was someone else's. No, because that somebody else could have had the same blood type as Dean. Well, so just comparing blood type. That's what I'm saying. That's what she said. She did a blood type test. So a blood type test would mean this child has a positive blood. And so okay. like thing had like so like okay. biker biker. I just didn't I didn't positive. take it that way at all. I took it as she did a DNA test from a blood sample, or they were just using shitty references on the no, sheet in the show. 1999. Writing. No, it's shitty. It's a shitty show writing. It is not conclusive. And also okay. I think this also probably the point. Got it. So she said it was a bar back at a biker bar because she had a type. And you could tell that he kind of like Dean kind of wanted it to be his kid, but he's like, look, this is not my house. The kid, this isn't my life. It never will be. And we know that he's kind of like obsessing over the fact that he's got a, a short timeline left. Um, but also he is kind of like, just thinking about, he's like, what he says, he says that he's like, what am I leaving behind behind the car? And so, um, she points out that look, Ben might not be yours, but he wouldn't even be alive if it wasn't for Dean, which is a good point because it does come back. This is something that circled back to as a thematic, a theme, a thematic, a theme with the brothers is the people that wouldn't have been saved without them. Right? We had this in the the the, the Jin episode. 
um, things that things that wouldn't have been horrible things that wouldn't have been prevented in people's lives that wouldn't have been saved. So it's kind of a good point. And uh, so Dean says that he would have been proud to be his daddy. Ugh. Lisa kisses Dean and offers for him to stay. But... I like how you vomited on that. I thought it was a sweet line. I and the things so that Liz likes, and like, he was just like, yeah, I would have been, he's like, I would have been proud to be his dad. And then oh, Lisa God. kisses him. And that also wasn't in the script. Uh, that was a mm -hmm. recommendation either of, I don't know if it was Phil or it was Crippy. I forget who said it, but they're just like, they just kind of pulled her aside and they're like, yeah, go kiss him. And she's like, what? And, they're, and she's like, it's not the script. And they're like, yeah, but we also want it to be a surprise. Like we want to get like his, like mm -hmm. the look on his face. And they're like, what, do you not want to kiss him? And she's like, fuck yeah, of course I want to kiss him. So so she was just like, I'm going to go plant one on Jensen. And she did. There you go. Well, yeah. Slipped in the tongue, I'm sure. Like you do. But yeah. And so she offers for him to stay. But he's like, look, I got a lot of work to do. And this isn't my life. And so they leave. So we cut back to the motel while this was going on. And Sam is um, calling people, trying to locate mom's friends. Um, I will point out also, this is the first time, like we get to look at this motel room a couple of times, but this is really the best look we get at it. It's a fucking cool motel room. There's a wall of mirror tiles that have like these badass, like 60 starbursts on them. And I want them. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but he's calling people trying to locate all these friends of supposed friends of his mom and they're all fucking dead. Everybody dead. All my friends are dead. Ugh. All my friends are dead. dead. So anyways, then we cut, uh, then who shows up, but fucking Blondie. Cause he calls her like, what the fuck? So you wiped out all of my mom's friends. Right. And so he's like, and he's like, what, how did you know this? I want to know how you knew this shit. And she's like, no, you don't want to know who I am. And then he's like, no, I do. So they go back and forth and then she blinks and she's got fucking demon eyes. Oh. Blondie's a fucking demon. No. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And and then she calls him a racist for not wanting to, kiss her, wanting to kill him. And, but she insists that she wants to help him. They both have like, look, I, I don't really know what the plan is. I don't know why it all happened. I don't know what fucking the plan is, but it's in my interest to help you here. So if you and me help each other to figure out what the fuck's going on, why it's all happening, because it's all tied back to fucking Sam, we figure this out, then I'll help, to try, I'll help you save Dean. Here's my little carrot. I'm dangling it in front of you. I'll save your brother carrot. Follow yep. it, Sam. Follow it. I'm just a demon. This this boy's favorite carrot. It is. Yeah. Save each other. It's like a carrot. Yeah. I'm going to see that come in and out for a while. Uh, but yeah. So were you shocked that she was a demon? I was. Oh. I just assumed she was another hunter. Oh, okay. So I love That's having your perspective because I'm just, you know, I know who she is. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just assumed she was another hunter that they just didn't know for some reason. And I was like, she could have had some kind of like supernatural element to her, but like, I didn't think she was a demon. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Bitch is a demon. <laughs> Bitch is a demon. Blonde, blondie demon. Blondie so, demon. Yeah. Yep. So That's what I got. Yeah, Diana didn't like this episode. No, it I thought it was adorable. Don't, I don't it made like me really hungry. Kids. I don't like creepy kids and I don't like creepy reflections. And there was a lot of those things. There's also a lot of snacks though. And I really like snacks. So I, I had just like, eaten dinner when I, I just I had just me eating coconut curry for dinner when I watched this. So was not in the mood for a snack, is probably part of the problem. I'm always in the mood for a snack. I don't care how full I am. I'm like, oh yeah, give me all the snacks. <sighs> give me a hot dog machine and, and fucking evil french fries oh french fries 
Okay. All right. I think we're going to sign off then. All right. Cheers, Dirk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.